when our staff goes out to meet with families about hospice, the number one thing the social worker will say is, do you want to go to the hospital when you get sick? Hi, my name is Nancy Pappas. I'm a sales advisor with Senior Living Experts. And today I'm joined by Ellen Lerner, Business Development Director for Accord Hospice. We recently were on a meeting together, part of a networking group that we belong to. And given the new circumstances that we had, Ellen had some great insights about what's new and what's changed. First though, I would like to have her introduce herself. Good morning, I'm Ellen Lerner. I am a business development with Accord Hospice. Accord Hospice has basically been around, this will be our 10th year, and we're privately owned by two women in the Deerfield location. I'm also on the DBR board, so that's the Deerfield, Bannockburn, Riverwoods Chamber. And so I get to have inside scoop for a lot that goes on. I'm also the only hospice company that's involved in the chamber, which is kind of a perk. Hospice is something that is free to everybody. It is covered by Medicare, Medicaid, and private insurance for the most part. There are literally no negatives and no downfall in having hospice services. So tell me when a family should contact you. How, how does that work? So it kind of happens in lots of different circumstances. Usually the family, if they're very involved with a doctor, they usually know that their health is declining or they're at a point where treatment may not be an option anymore, or they've had so many treatments and they've decided that they don't want any more invasive treatment. So they're at a point where the doctor's sort of saying, hey, listen, these are your options. And we're at the point where hospice is beneficial at this time. It can happen because mom or dad basically just got a diagnosis and they're saying we're 95 years old and we've lived our life. And so hospice is the next option. There are so many different ways that it can happen. We get referrals from families, friends, doctors, straight from doctors, from geriatric case managers, um, people like yourself, Nancy, yes, companies. Yes, yes. Um, we work incredibly close with everybody. And so getting a referral comes in many different forms. I hate to say that, you know, it all depends on what's happening, but it usually sure. does depend on what's going on in their life. There used to be where it was six months or less for your lifespan. And that was a time when, when doctors still now, even we see, oh, you have six months or less. And so I think it's time. Mm -hmm. There is no crystal ball. There is no magic wand. We don't so there is no that. longer that timeline put on it. Not really. It's more that you have a terminal diagnosis, which isn't necessarily even the case because we do have people that are on for years. It's based on Medicare guidelines. So as long as they're meeting the criteria, we can keep recertifying them. Every oh, that's long. awesome. Because, you know, I've worked in communities before and... Mm -hmm amazingly, we had people that were on hospice and got better right. um, than they were before, which, you know, wasn't what you thought of for hospice. But tell us a little more about that. Sometimes you do get better and we call that graduating, which is kind of exciting. Now I can't say that it happens all the time, but right. you do get somebody who maybe was losing weight because they moved into a community and things had changed and they were at home and they weren't getting the nutrition that they needed. So they felt, oh, hospice is 
is the next step and let's move them into a memory community. And then they start eating because they're getting regular meals. So now they're gaining weight. Well, now they're not qualifying for hospice anymore. So we graduate them. And then maybe something else happens where medication or something happens with their system and their body and changes occur. And we're still watching because they were already on hospice. It seems to be that we follow up or the staff will follow up and say, oh, Ms. Smith, she's taking a decline again. Let's call and have hospice reevaluate. So it's really yep. more about not kind of going on that hospital merry-go-round. Correct. Um, many, so many people go on. Yes. And you just hit a huge point that I totally neglected. That is also another referring source for us is when our staff goes out to meet with families about hospice, the number one thing the social worker will say is do you want to go to the hospital when you get sick and when they say no i don't want to go to the hospital right there is a trigger for hospice yes because i've seen it so often and i I just talked to someone this morning who looking for a community that i just don't want my mom to have to go anywhere else because it's so disorienting to keep going that route it sounds like hospice now is is much earlier than people expect that you can get that involved and just make them comfortable but you know getting back to the community why do you need to come into a community i mean isn't that what someone can expect if they put their loved one in a community they're going to get everything you offer or is is that not the case? Right. So they do get wonderful treatments in all of the communities. And then when they do qualify for hospice, actually it's a huge help to the communities to have us in there. So the difference with Accord, we're more of a boutique type hospice, I like to say, where you do more hands-on and you're always there. So just to give you an idea, our nurses go out two times a week, which is standard where a lot of the larger hospices will only send the nurse once a week. And obviously they can go back more often if necessary, if the patient is declining. And then our CNAs, which are the certified nursing assistants, they go out up to five times a week. Whether you live in a community or at home, we can service that need. So it's wonderful. There's a lot of our communities where we're in there every day. And even though the staff is in there every day, they may not be able to see what's going on with Mrs. Smith because they have 10 patients that they're taking care of. So for us, oh, my CNA is in there five days a week. She's reporting to my nurse and she's seeing that Mrs. Smith now has a wound, which wasn't there before and can help take care of that and then report back to the nurse at the community. So I feel like we're an extra set of eyes. We're an extra set of hands. It's a lot of support for those communities and it helps them. And I've noticed during COVID, which is now a new diagnosis for hospice, we've been getting a lot of referrals because it's a huge help for us, even if it's telehealth, to be in constant contact daily. My nurses are in contact with the families, which is a big burden on those communities who are taking yes. care of so many people. Yeah, so, and plus if they can't see their loved one, I mean, that, that right. what a great feeling to yes. end of life. I, no one wants to die alone. Um, no, and they are allowed in during yes. the end when they're imminent, if need be. Um, and we will go in and FaceTime. Our nurses can FaceTime with the families too. That's awesome. So that's another thing that, you know, unfortunately in the communities, not that these nurses aren't wonderful they just don't have all that time to spend so, that so what has changed you. for you with with COVID-19 what can families expect is anything much changed 
It's definitely been a roller coaster. April was craziness. We were super busy. Everybody was going on hospice. It wasn't that they weren't choosing to want to go. It was that they weren't allowed. So then everybody got on hospice thinking, we'll get on hospice and hopefully we'll have more care. But then things started implementing with the telehealth. So that made it really hard. Um, Even though we're helping the communities, it's still hard for us to get as much information for the families. So we were, we're still, we're the go-between. Some of my communities are lessening their restrictions. Some want my CNAs in every day. Some do not want CNA visits at all. Some will allow nurses once every 14 days. Some are telling us the nurses can come when they call. So it's just, there is no structure, unfortunately, which I think makes it very difficult at this point for us. But Everybody just needs to know that hospice is there no matter what they need. They can always call. And we have an on-call nurse. So 24-7, you're going to get a live person, which I think is a huge perk for hospice. That's so nice. That's so important for for these families to have, you know, someone else advocating for their loved one and that you're still in there. And COVID hasn't stopped you one bit. Just made it a little more difficult. (laughs) Just a little challenging. We've had to adjust. I'm sure it affects you too, Nancy, and everything that you're doing as well. Just trying to get those meetings in the community virtually instead of... So a lot of ours is the same. Yes. And we're starting to see people that have kind of, you know, held off and and we stood still for a while. And Mm -hmm. I'm definitely seeing more families saying, you know, this isn't working Mm -hmm. and life goes on. We still need all these services. So grateful to hear that Accord Hospice is is still running and absolutely available (laughs) to families. um, 24-7. (laughs) So important. Anything else that you'd like to add before we close? Um, No, I just think um, the big thing with Accord is continuity. So when we do get a referral, we always like to send the nurse as well as the social worker together. We don't have necessarily an admission team, which a lot of the hospices have. It's nice for our communities to have one or two nurses and the same CNAs going in. Because I think for us, the biggest thing is making sure the care is always the same and giving our best. Awesome. Sounds good. Thank you.